Jason. I call myself the Adrenal Fatigue Recovery Ninja, and I am welcoming you back to another edition of your Adrenal Fix. Um, we're really excited to, um, with our, our guest, Dr. Paul Baratero. Um, he uh, he has uh, joined us today um, to talk about the benefits of hydrogen water. And so um, Dr. Paul has lectured across the world for the past 15 years. Um, and uh, seven years ago, he set out to educate the world on the vast benefits of molecular hydrogen. Um, his message has been critical in the role of molecular hydrogen to reduce oxidative stress and inflammation. He lectures and presents um, casual problems and the solutions through scientific studies. Um, he's developed the Echo Hydrogen Enriched System. Um, Paul has lectured across the world on molecular hydrogen and has been on national television in USA, Germany, Switzerland, including the Doug Kaufman television show. Um, the, the, the causes, uh, of, sorry, featured in the, the Truth About Cancer, and that's documented by um, Ty Bollinger and has been on radio shows and podcasts across the world, basically. And, you know, Paul is passionate about disease prevention, and he's the founder of Synergy Science. So today I've entitled the, um, the lecture or what we're going to be talking about is Oxidative Stress, um, gut damage and the role of hydrogen in, in healing the body. So, hey, Paul, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you, Joel. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no, excellent. I, I think we sort of resonated right right as the moment that we met each other um, and we found out that we both live, you know, in Florida and then you invited my family to stay at your place for a month. So I, I'm going to take you up on that. You know? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, um, so tell us a little bit about your background. You know, you got a really interesting background. You got a lot of letters and uh, behind your name. So tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to, you know, do what you'd be doing right now. Well, thank you. Yeah, years years ago, I really got passionate about natural medicine because my wife was suffering from issues with thyroid, gynecological, just short-term memory issues because she had <clears throat> buildup of uh, yeast and things in the brain, as you know, can happen. But that that's really what, what started me on my journey was to help her to heal. And as a podorthist, so my in the medical, as far as my licensure goes, I'm a podorthist and, and that's what I did first in the medical industry. And my scope of practice was ankle down, diabetic foot and ankle. And my entire focus was to keep the cubitus ulcers from, or from the individual from contracting the cubitus ulcers. And we did that <clears throat> by spreading pressure across the plantar surface of the foot. So I had started a company on shoes and orthotics that became the number three company in the industry for diabetic footwear and orthotics that you know thousands of podiatry offices were dispensing to their patients so our entire my entire focus at the time was spreading pressure to combat the cubitus ulcers and effectively the amputations that come so we were doing what we would call limb salvage right wanting to keep people with their toes their legs and their feet so that I ended up becoming an adjunct faculty member with Oklahoma State University, teaching courses on proper uh, shoe fitting, manufacturing orthotics to spread pressure and all these kind of things, and <clears throat> teaching a, a, a part of the course for people that were wanting to become pedorthists. Then later, St. Petersburg College in St. Petersburg, Florida hired me to teach an eight-hour course to anyone in the state of Florida that was going to be fitting shoes, whether they were a podiatrist or pedorthist, it didn't matter they had to go through the course that I was teaching in the state of Florida if they wanted to touch a patient and fit shoes in the state of Florida. So my whole world was about diabetes. 
And so when I became aware of the technology, the, the, the water that could have hydrogen and healing principles, being able to affect the pathology, not just spreading pressure and keeping foot amputations away, but actually being able to help diabetes itself, this I was far more passionate about. And, and it's just led me to go down this road of really understanding what is the problem. And as you know, um, already gut damage <clears throat> is the major issue. And the water system that I develop can reduce oxidative stress and inflammation and restore gut function within days or weeks, depending on the individual. So I was far more passionate about diabetes or, or stopping disease models rather than just spreading pressure and keeping amputations down. No, awesome. I mean, it's a, and then so, so then, you know, you, you, you relate a story where, when I met you that um, a lot of the causes were beyond, like, were sort of, you know, were, were sort of the, the simple elephant in the room, you know, in terms of what caused that. So can you tell us a little bit about that and then how that expanded your, your way of thinking? Well, thank you. Yeah, I, you know, when I would be lecturing on shoes, I would tell everyone that 80% of foot deformities were shoe related. So it just meant people were wearing the wrong size shoe. And so they would end up with a foot deformity. And where did that start? That started when they were babies or children getting the wrong size shoe on their feet and wearing that and getting to be comfortable with a tight fitting shoe, which was inappropriate for the foot. But the foot will always accommodate the shoe that you're forcing it into. And so I used to tell this story all the time and I would sometimes show a high heel, what I call an ice cream cone shoe, where you've got a, a, a shoe that's like this and you're like, your foot's like that. So how is that working? You know, it's new math to, to force a foot into the shape of some of these shoes that are quote unquote sexy, right? So we would spend a lot of time on that with the individuals. Well, I, I would liken the same thing in what you and I are doing. I believe 80% of the diseases are lifestyle related. Um, just like diabetes was, or, or the foot deformities were shoe related, diseases are lifestyle related. So whether it's you know heavy metals, pesticides, antibiotic overuse, it was funny, I was on a train in just coming back from London because I was speaking in London on gut health and how hydrogen restores gut function and, and anaerobic microflora in particular. But I was on a train heading, heading uh, back to the airport and, and there happened to be a nurse sitting in front of me on the train and we started talking. And he was asking questions about any NHS and our medical system and all this kind of stuff. And you know, I mentioned overuse of antibiotics and he goes, what do you mean by overuse of antibiotics? And I said, anytime you're using an antibiotic for anything other than a bacterial infection, it's being used inappropriately, number one. Number two, anytime you use an antibiotic, it should be the last resort because there's nothing else that can help the person. And, and thirdly, once you use an antibiotic, there should be appropriate education on the importance of restoring the, the microbiome and, and all the loss that just occurred in the immune system. And he's like, Oh man, I love listening to you. Do you have a card? Can I, you know, I want to talk to you more. And, you know, it was funny on the plane coming from London over, this guy sitting next to me um, asked the same question. What do you mean by overuse of antibiotics? And I said, that's a great question. I said, and I told the same thing. 
And so this is what we need to be educating is that, yes, antibiotics have a viable uh, effect. You know, there are times where we could use an antibiotic and, there, and it would be appropriate. But I personally believe they are being overused. Anytime someone has flu-like symptoms, you know, they're just given a prescription. But if it's a virus, nothing's going to happen but gut damage. And so the thing that we need to understand is if 70 to 80% of the immune system is housed in the gut, then when we give them an antibiotic, you just destroyed 70 or 80% of their immune system. And, and so the, the, the funny story that I always ask, and I asked it when I was in England, I said, what if in two days, all of your military was destroyed, 80% of your military for, for England was destroyed, what position would your country be in? You know, same as us, if America, if 80% of our military was destroyed, what we would be in trouble, right? Well, the same thing happens with the body. When 80% of the immune system is destroyed, the body is trying its best to use the 20% it has left to protect itself. And so it will do, and it's amazing how good of a job the body does on 20% of the immune system. But eventually, if we don't do anything to stop <clears throat> the oxidation from increasing, 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 and at the same time, if we don't ever build the gut back up, they'll get sick again and they'll have another antibiotic and it just starts this cycle, as you know. Um, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but this is what we need to truly understand. And so if, when we give people the water, within two days, three days, we're growing anaerobic microflora rapidly. We have people with gluten and dairy intolerance that within a week or two are eating gluten and dairy with no issues. And so they're very happy, very thankful because we literally are, are increasing the microbiome. We're, we're restoring that biome. We're restoring anaerobic microflora. So you're increasing your immune system. You're getting your immune system back and people will feel a lot of things. No, it's super cool. So, so for the population that I work with, um, we get them in through the front door called adrenal fatigue. And yeah. I've suffered with that myself, but the, I've come full circle with it because um, it started at such a young age for me with ear infections and dairy sensitivities. And my mother is a public health nurse and every antibiotic up the wazoo, you know, not stabilizing my glucose, being overwhelmed with stress, crashing in the middle of the day, not knowing where my keys are, you know, just that typical presentation. And then I didn't realize till, you know, I actually graduated from college over $200,000 of debt, moving to a new country, let alone a new state, uh, having a wife that was on bed rest that was pregnant, and then, you know, being overwhelmed. And, and then I had an acupuncturist come to my practice. Uh, and I it was the most I could do is to get out of bed and, and you know, get to work and then come home. And right. they brought me a book, Paul, uh, it was called, um, Why Do I Have Thyroid Symptoms Even Though My Blood Tests Are Normal? And I was like, <laughs> I don't need that book. I don't have a thyroid problem. So it sat on my desk for about a half a year, really. And it, but something was pulling me towards it. It was like, uh, oh, so I finally opened it. And I was wondering when I got to the adrenal fatigue section, how they got a picture of me in there. It's like, how did they, <laughs> like, I'm wondering how, how is, but I, I was like, oh my goodness. Like I have, you know, uh, I, I'm a doctor of chiropractic. I have an exercise physiology degree. I have a psychology degree. Um, and I've never heard of this. I've never heard of it. 
So it basically started my, my, my passion and, and basically my life's work into adrenal fatigue. And the right. more I research it, the more I believe that it goes so much deeper than the adrenals. Um, and for the different reasons, I would agree with doctors that there isn't so much thing as adrenal fatigue. They agree. They don't think it's there because they'll do an ACTH cortisol stimulation test and they'll see that the gland still puts out cortisol. Um, but so many things can go wrong besides that. Like who's to say that the pituitary is actually releasing ACTH right. or who's to say that the, you know, the quality of the hormone is good or most importantly, um, the receptors that bind um, the actual hormone have a place to dock on an oxidized cell membrane. So, right. um, so that kind of comes around to what I want to segue into you is I tell my patients or the adrenal fatigue people that come in through that front door, hey, you got to realize that it's the same stressors that would cause your sound system, your adrenals to, to break down and not just in terms of releasing hormones, in terms of binding and, and, and converting and being removed and everything else in between. The basic fundamental problem is the stress impacts the mitochondria to the point where it doesn't breathe properly. And if you had to go right now and you couldn't listen to the rest of this, you know, this podcast, if you just left with, okay, I get that my cells aren't breathing properly, um, there's a, 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 an unequal ratio between demand and supply. And if you throw on top of that inflammation, um, that inflammation is sucking up all my oxygen and I'm not balancing my free radicals with my, with my antioxidant status and my mitochondria is getting sick and it creates a negative spiral. Right. So. Right. So tell me about hydrogen water and, and how we got started on this because I'm su I was super interested to talk about why alkaline water and the whole pH thing and microfractioning is sort of a myth. So let's kind of talk about that and then kind of get into where hydrogen water fits in. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I actually, when I entered this space 15 years ago, I was introduced to alkaline water and that was how I got into this and that's what helped my wife initially and so I was like I don't agree that the pH of the water is accomplishing much if anything but there's something in the water that is and so because at the end of the day we can just put baking soda in water if we want to have higher pH water we, we don't need to buy an expensive machine for that we can just put baking soda and have people drink it, right? So I, I wanted to understand what the mechanism of healing was. I, I, I didn't doubt that, you know, and I started marketing the machines and we were the first ones to do that all those years ago. We started, we were selling like 1,500, 2,000 machines a month. This the, is pH, about, the pH machines. Right, because we, we were helping individuals with diabetes. We were helping these people. And while I did not agree that the mechanism of healing was from the pH, something was, and so we were selling the machine. It wasn't until later after years of study that a gentleman that worked with me at the time, Chris, who had a PhD in water chemistry, I asked him, here, take these pile of paperwork that they supposedly say the alkaline water is good. I don't believe any of it. Can you read all this stuff? I mean, he had a PhD in water chemistry from Emory, right? So. He read it. He came back the next day and said, yeah, you're right. All this is nonsense. It's like opposite of what I learned in my PhD with water. So no, but he goes, this one document, and he held up one study, and he goes, this one study, 
I think is the answer. And I said, what is it? And he goes, here in the middle of the study is this one chart, and there's this one reference to DH. And he goes, I think your answer is right there. And I said, DH, and he said, dissolved hydrogen. And I said, whoa. And as soon as he said that, I just felt beautiful energy come through me, and I knew exactly that that was the answer. I knew that that's what I needed to study. And he said, you know, if you want me to study further, I need to let go of some of the other projects I'm on. And I said, no, no, I'll take that. You go, thank you, thank you, thank you. And off I went. And <clears throat> I began studying hydrogen at that point. And what I came to understand is these alkaline water machines, when they were brand new, because they're using electrolysis, when they're brand spanking new, they're dissolving hydrogen in the water. And so regard, irregardless of the pH of the water, there was hydrogen in the water. And so people were getting better. The problem was that the machines that were being sold on the market, all of them, but the one, and this is just the way life works sometime. I was so blessed that the machine I was selling at the time had a patented technology that stopped minerals from building up on the electrodes. They were doing it because the machines will get all messed up with calcium and they wouldn't work. But what they didn't understand is by keeping the, the mineral buildup off the electrodes, we were able to continue dissolving hydrogen indefinitely in those machines. So it was just pure luck that I was directed to be with that. And we were importing that machine exclusively with the manufacturer that was in South Korea at the time. And, and, it was amazing because all the other machines on the market would get scale buildup within two or three weeks. So people would have wonderful benefits in the beginning from the hydrogen, but in two or three weeks, the machine wasn't dissolving hydrogen anymore. And therefore the, the healing and the wonderful things that were, would, would subside. So <clears throat> in all the study that I've done, Joel, is this, there was no benefit, no measurable benefit to the, higher pH water. There's no such thing as the microclustering everyone was talking about where the different molecule size and somehow that benefited you. The, the three things that were benefiting people were, number one, they're drinking water instead of soda and, and other stuff. Number two, they were getting hydrogen for the first few weeks. And number three, there were platinum nanoparticles in the water from the electrodes themselves that we now have studies on platinum nanoparticles and how beneficial they are from an antioxidant perspective. If they're tiny, it's like, it's like silver. If it's tiny, it's very beneficial. If they're big, big molecules of silver, it's problematic to the body. So amazingly, without even knowing it, you were given them hydrogen water with nanoparticles of platinum, which was the perfect thing for people to have better health. And so again, we learned later, well, in my evolution, of understanding once we understood that the mechanism was hydrogen, molecular hydrogen, not H plus and not OH minus, but H2, which is neutral. Once we understood that, then I was pushing, pushing, pushing the, the engineers and the scientists to create a machine that didn't affect pH, but just put hydrogen in the water. And so that's where we are today, where we have a neutral pH, we can use reverse osmosis, distilled water, you know, purified water, tap water, well water. We don't need to change the pH and we're producing water that has dissolved hydrogen and platinum nanoparticles without having any pH change. 
Cool. So, so now the next question would be just sort of as the interpreter of why that's so important is you talk about sort of the antioxidant and how oxidation and, and antioxidants aren't, aren't um, sophisticated in the sense that they're cytotoxic for, for certain things. So tell us a little bit about why hydrogen now is sort of like, I liken it to this, if, if hydrogen could be a stock, it would be like Apple right now, right? I mean, <laughs> that makes sense? Amazon, probably, Amazon. Uh, Amazon. So, so meaning it's kind of like, you know, it, we're the, you're the early adapter 15 years ago, but yeah. you know, now here we are where we understand that there's gonna be a huge, you know, tidal wave of why hydrogen is so important um, in terms of what it does. And you use the analogy too, Paul, in terms of your, your, um, the fish tank. So I don't know yeah. if that's a good segue into that or not, but so to give us a little idea as why it's so important for, for this hydrogen to be the new star on the, on the block. Well, it, yeah, we, you know, it's, it's interesting because we didn't have a lot of understanding. We had anecdotal evidence, right? Going back 15 years ago, 12 years ago, people were getting better. And, and we, all we knew is that there was a 15 year human trial in Japan. So we knew that from 1950 to 1965, they did human trials and they proved that the water coming out of these machines stopped improper fermentation in the gut, or in other words, digestive disorders were eliminated. When they started using it in, in the hospitals in Japan, in the doctor's office for these things, they started seeing other disease models mitigated or helped or benefited a lot or little or whatever it was. And so they were asking why, why, why? And so they started in 1965 when, when these types of devices were made a medical device in the country of Japan, they started researching why all the other diseases are helped. Why we understand, we understand the guts being benefited, but why the rest of the disease models? So it wasn't until 2007, 2008 that Nature Medicine published the first, what I would call foundational study on hydrogen. And they had figured out that there was hydrogen in the water about the same time I did was when that study was coming out and <clears throat> they were clearly helping us understand that we're, all free radicals are not bad, right? There are free radicals that have a physiological role, life sustaining, and then there are ROS or reactive oxygen species that are also what's called a free radical. And as you mentioned, they're cytotoxic. So, Hydroxyl radicals, for instance, are the most cytotoxic radical in the human body that are in the mitochondrial respiratory chain wreaking havoc on the cells. So that's going to that's gonna lessen our body's ability to produce energy, to have that vibrant energy that we want to walk around with where we're not feeling tired all the time. And we talk about adrenals. Well, if you're not able to produce ATP because a lot of your mitochondrial, mitochondria are not functioning and not able to, to accomplish what they're doing, you're going to have a lot of lower energy. So they started doing a study and showing that these hydroxyl radicals are lessened by hydrogen. When you put hydrogen in the body, it lowers the number of hydroxyl radicals. And so therefore you have an increase of energy and you have an increase of metabolic rate because these mitochondria are functioning appropriately glutathione can be produced in the cell to clean it up after the burden has taken off. So in, in understanding those things, that's where we began to understand one of the things that hydrogen was doing. We later became, 
understand because now there's 700 studies after that one study we now have 700 studies 45 human studies showing 170 human disease models showing every organ in the human body being benefited but why it all comes down to oxidative stress and that's what hydrogen's primary role is hydrogen is a signal modulator so when hydrogen gets into the body which it's supposed to be and that's what we need to understand hydrogen molecular hydrogen h2 is supposed to be produced in the gut and we are supposed to have it in our body because there's over 200 biomolecules that are regulated there are hundreds of diseases that are helped and and more importantly oxidative stress and inflammation is mitigated with hydrogen so we have studies on this proving this helping it understand but it all comes down to oxidative stress when we look at an aquarium I've had an aquarium. I, I, I love fish. I think they're beautiful. And when you have an aquarium, everything is about the water, right? Because the fish, that is their biome. That is their world, is that water. So if we don't do our job as an aquarium keeper and keep the water in perfect balance, then we can start to see signs when the environment or the biome is out of balance. Some of the first signs we'll see are little bits of green algae growing in corners where there's no light, where it's a little bit darker, so they can grow. There's not as much light coming in to stop the growth. So that's our first signs. And if we pay attention to those signs, you know, we can scrub it off with a little brush and then we can go, ooh, what's going on? Let me test the water and see if the nitrates, the nitrites, if we can start to see that there's too much fish poopy in the, in the tank, we need to vacuum it out. You know, whatever we need to do, we can figure that out because we're paying attention to the subtle little signs that the biome is wrong. Something's wrong. We need to do a, a study, a test, and figure out what's wrong with the water. If we catch it at that point, it's extremely easy to right the situation or to correct the imbalanced water. Now, if we don't pay attention because we're too busy or we don't want to listen or we we're, we're just don't have time for it, then the next thing that will happen is the fish themselves will start to be stressed because the water that they're in, which is their environment, their biome, is not balanced. And so they start to feel stress. And the first signs of that stress are clamped fins. We'll see the fish, you know, normally they're flowy and beautiful and they're swimming around and nice to each other and having a beautiful environment. When they get in stress, they're erratic. And, and, and they swim differently and they're aggressive with each other. They start fighting a little bit more and their behaviors change and their fins aren't pretty and flowy. They're clamped and down close to the body. There are all kinds of signs of stress. It kind of sounds like society, right? <laughs> but there's all kinds of signs of stress. If we've missed the first few signs and we're now just seeing the fish going, hey, what's wrong with the fish? Well, now we got to test the water and we're going to see that it's much more out of whack than had we checked it a week or two before when it was just the first signs of a problem. But again, if we correct the problem, then it might take a little bit more drastic efforts. We might have to remove half of the water and put new water in. We might have to vacuum the tank. We might have to do everything. We got to do a full process to restore the environment so that it's healthy for them to fix. Whereas if we would have just fixed in the beginning, it'd have been easy. But now we waited, so it's more difficult and we gotta go deeper in and help it. Now, 
if we're just like, hey, why is the fish doing that? That's weird. If we don't, can, if we don't listen to the signs or pay attention to the signs, well, now we lose the fish because eventually they'll start having bacterial growth on them. They'll start having ick and other things that start to come into the tank that are going to destroy them and we'll have a dead tank. And now you got to really start all over because what was living in the tank won't be living anymore other than the negative things. So <clears throat> I liken that story to our gut. I liken that to when we wipe out our gut from the good bacteria, the bad bacteria is happy to live there because it's a perfect environment for them. We have to get the environment, the gut, the biome itself back into a balanced state and the bacteria will come right back in and want to live there. Um, that, that's what we need to do and that's what the water does. The water, the properties of the, not even the hydrogen, the properties of the water itself coming out of the machine has properties that restore the biome by selectively stimulating anaerobic microflora and <clears throat> making the environment so that it's welcoming and a good home for, for the good bacteria, what we call residential microflora. And so very quickly, you're talking a day or two, they'll start to have that happening. And it's a very beautiful experience for people because they'll say, wow, I can feel a difference. So this is, this is how the water works. This is what is happening and how it does greatly benefit people who have a less than effective immune system. Super cool. And you know, it's intelligent, like you said, in terms of it prioritizes and it's able to um, now quench some of that free radicals that are oxidizing other systems that that's where, hey, we're not just talking about ulcers on this diabetic patient. We're talking about breakdown of joints, um, <clears throat> talking about respiratory problems, um, yeah. because ultimately where there's oxidative stress, the, the tissues or organs or systems or glands, they don't function at the same rate that they used to. So you can have sort of outlandish claims, even though you're not specifically saying, yeah, we fix this, we fix that. Right. Ultimately, when you have sick mitochondria and you have free radicals that build up and you oxidize cells, um, brain fog, focus, concentration, joint pains, anxieties, depressions, mood disorders, addictions, compulsions, um, uh, uh, hair loss, autoimmunities, all that type of stuff. So, yeah. so tell us a little bit about um, actually how it works. Cause I, you know, we don't really have the physical, you know, thing here, but what, what is it? What is, what is that? What is it actually that's making hydrogen? So I, I developed a machine that filters water first. So first you're removing chlorine, chloramines, pesticides, pharmaceuticals, glyphosate, drug, drugs that are in the water, all these kind of things. Wait, we just stop right there. Cause I think people don't realize just that statement alone like flushing their pills in the water, you know, yeah. the heavy metals, um, the glyphosates, just that alone, if you were to stop using that alone would, would be, you know, less stress would be, you know, like saving money. You're, you're earning more by saving, by restricting the exposures, your you're less is more. So that in and of itself, sorry to interrupt, but I think people don't realize that, you know, that that, is what they're exposed to on a daily basis if they're not cognizant about you know the exposures to public water let alone even even you know bottled water right right for sure there's like thousands of chemicals harmful chemicals in a bottle of water so yes no you're right um we definitely don't want to minimize the importance of uh filtering water because 
there's more than you understand. Even in tap water, there's over 5,000 chemicals in tap water. You, 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 don't, you don't want heavy metals. You don't want these things because they all disrupt gut function and, and what have you. So, and even a well, you know, people don't understand that if anyone is spraying pesticides within 300 mile radius of your well, those pesticides get into the groundwater and in your water. So it doesn't matter if you got a well and you think it's the most beautiful uh, farmland on earth, guess what? If anyone's spraying pesticides within 300 miles, you got them in your water. Wow, wow. So, and, and chances are they are. So, I mean, here in Florida, <laughs> that's the whole state. We don't go more than 300 miles across, right? So it, we're, we're on a peninsula. So the other thing that I would say, <clears throat> after we filter the water, which is critical, as you pointed out, thank you for doing that, then it goes through a very proprietary hydrogen module, what we call a hydrogen module or a electrolysis chamber that takes H2O molecules, water molecules, separates them into H2 and O. We allow the O, the oxygen, to go back out to atmosphere and we dissolve the H2 into the drinking water so that when you drink it, you have the hydrogen. That's what happens. You don't need to add anything to the machine for it to make hydrogen. It does it on its own. The only maintenance really that, that needs to happen is annually they'll replace the filter because that'll keep the water clean. And every once in a blue moon, they may need to, you know, if a little bit of calcium builds up on the tip where the water comes out, just like any other faucet in your house, you know, you might need to do a little bit of maintenance or clean up here and there, but it's, it's, um, it's not something you have to do often. Now, the thing that, that we want to understand is it's just a simple system. It becomes their drinking water. You can't take too much hydrogen. There's no overdosing. There's, it's not possible to get too much. It's the water you're going to cook with, the water that you're going to drink. It, it really is great. And, and that filter that we talked about lasts for 1,000 gallons or 4,000 liters that's plenty of water for a household so that you have all the water you would want for your children to increase their immune function, to have less oxidative stress and inflammation, these kind of things. We, we have, just in the last couple of days, because I was over in Europe, uh, we've had several people um, talk about the benefits they have within a short time. And this one guy, Victor, I'll tell you about him. He's a little bit older. And he said, you know, my whole life, I, drink, I would drink like four liters of water, three liters of water, depending on the day, and never felt hydrated. I've never felt hydrated, never feel hydrated. I feel dehydrated. My body never asks for water. It doesn't want it. You know, and, and I, he goes, whenever I drink a glass of wine, I have itching on my legs and all this kind of stuff. And he goes, from the very first day I started drinking water out of your machine, I felt hydrated. The itching in my legs when I drink a glass of wine went away immediately the first day. And he said, my body now craves water. It, it's demanding the water. It wants that water. And he said, I went away on vacation with my wife and my itching in my legs came back. And as soon as I got back one day, it's gone again. And he goes, I could feel a difference in the water I was drinking versus this. He goes, it, it is helping my system. And he also said that he feels more flexible and that his joints aren't as bad. Now, you know Carrie Wright. Um, she got several of our systems, and she was just telling me yesterday that her, her hands feel better, so she's able to do her work better because her joints are feeling better. So, you know, we always hear all kinds of different things. It doesn't have to be, you know, some huge disease model. It can simply be everyday little things like aches and pains, hip issues that people have. 
yes, we have 700 studies on, you know, cancer and diabetes and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and bipolar schizophrenia. We have athletes that use our water so they don't fatigue. There's many studies we have showing, you know, therapeutic aspects, but really and truly just the everyday aches and pains you could also have mitigated just by being hydrated and having hydrogen in your system. So the way it works is installation, when they buy a machine, installation is done for them. So they don't even, they don't even need to worry about installation, but it's a 10 minute install anyways, it's very simple. And you just either connect it to your faucet or you can connect a machine under the sink so that you know you just have a nice faucet there to get your water out of. It's, it's pretty simple. Um, to use the machine speaks to you and tells you what it's doing. So it's, you know, Friday nights, if you get lonely, you just use your machine. Right. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's really cool. So, um, but you mentioned, you alluded to a little bit earlier where, you know, with a lot of the people that we work with that have breakdown and permeable membranes of their gut lining, um, yeah. an overactive immune system. So dendritic cells have tagged different peptides and proteins so that mm -hmm. they react against that. But you kind of mentioned about, hey, we've worked with people that we've done the hydrogen and we found that they don't have that gluten reactivity or that dairy sensitivity. So tell, tell a little, even I'm a little bit like, hmm, let me, tell me a little more about that. So tell me a little bit more about that. Well, we, most, most all food allergies, I mean, I'm sure you know, that just basically is telling you you have gut damage. Your, your digestion's not occurring properly. Your assimilation of those foods. There's no reason why people should have dairy allergies or gluten allergies. We've been eating gluten and dairy on this planet for thousands of years. It's been a staple diet for almost every people on this planet. doesn't matter where you come from, cows and wheat. I mean, this has been a history of every civilization on the planet. You know, the big question is why all of a sudden are we needing to get rid of of gluten and dairy. Why, why is it? And I'm not saying that people should eat gluten or dairy. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying you should be able to. Your body should be able to process it. It's, it's, it's something that's been going on for forever. The, the issue is that the gut is damaged. And, and the issue also is genetically modified gluten and pesticide-ridden written gluten. That's really the problem. If we're eating organic gluten and you have an intact gut, Eat it all you want. It's no problem. The problem is the gut. And it always brings us back to gut damage. And, and we need to think about and understand what does the gut really do? A, it provides us nutrition. It breaks things down into their molecular level. It gives us those chemicals that we need or those nutrients that we need, whether it be amino acids, enzymes, vitamins, minerals, whatever it is that our body needs, the food's broken down to those things. If it's not broken down correctly, then we have problems. And also if the gut itself isn't digesting or isn't fermenting correctly, then we have other issues going on. And, and then gluten and dairy can be a recipe for disaster, right? If, if we're not having the right fermentation. When we change the fermentation and we have the right bacteria strains and we're doing the right things in the gut, now it can be a very beneficial food for us if you choose to eat it. So I, we've had many individuals that are gluten and dairy intolerant. In other words, they get inflammation when they drink or dairy or they eat gluten or a combination of the two. And many, 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 many people will call and go, wow, it's only been two weeks. I've only been on the water, you know, 
a few days or I've only been on two weeks, I can eat gluten and dairy now without having any bloating or any issues. And it all comes down to the fact that, that you have good bacteria coming into the gut. And so the digestion is more appropriate and more efficient. I would use the word efficient. And as we continue to grow their gut back, the entire immune system and digestion, which, is, which happens in the gut, will be better. And the overall health, wellness, vib vibrancy, energy levels, the energy stores are all there. I mean, even HCL, right? Hydrogen is the H. So we need hydrogen in our system to break down foods, to create stomach acid, to do these kind of things. And so it's a, it has a very critical role. Totally. Yeah. And so with a lot of the people that we work and we work hard on identifying triggers and, and, and the ecology of the microbiome. Um, and, and one of the things I tell them is, hey, if I want to get, you know, to the root cause of the problem and, and help at the mitochondrial level and get the cells breathing properly, um, that comes down to the signaling, which we just mentioned with what hydrogen does. It's a signaler. Um, but if there's a lot of oxidative stress and cell membranes aren't repairing themselves, um, not only do we have them, hey, let's, while we're fixing the gut and removing these triggers, um, we don't want them to you know, have spikes of glucose from huge amounts of carbohydrate intake anyway. So even just to preface what you say, um, even if we're fixing the gut and using hydrogen and creating a better ecology, we still want to keep our, you know, our threshold of uh, the absolute amount of carbs that we're eating so that we okay. don't like insulin levels, which kind of goes without saying. So for those that are listening, I just, just to say like, you can, you can have your cake and eat it too, but you can't do it every day. Right. Basically. Right. I'm, it's like soda, you know, once a year is fine, but <laughs> yeah, right. if you're right. celebrating something and you want to have one cause you're in first class on a plane or whatever, fine. But you know, it, it's really not, um, designed to be a part of your diet. It never was. If you actually look at the history of even sodas, it was a treat. It was something you did once in a while. Right. A lot of the, like, like donuts, you know, like sugar in general, Let, let's, let's be honest. We need to have a higher fat and a lower sugar and carb diet, That that's, that should be common sense. We should have vegetables because vegetables have enzymes in them. Right. And so, you know, there's a lot of things we should be doing. And, and I don't, I haven't ever met anyone that argues and says, no, what are you talking about? Sugar is supposed to be the main thing we eat. Nobody ever says that. No right. one else, no one ever says no one should drink water, but it doesn't mean they're drinking water and it doesn't mean they're eating less sugar, even though they know what they're supposed to do, they sometimes do otherwise. And so we're here to help them with a very simple mechanism that doesn't have to change. They don't need to climb a mountain on Wednesday at three o'clock PM and eat a certain berry standing upside down. They don't need to do this. They literally just need to drink water that has hydrogen in it and allow the body to restore itself. It's just a tool that your body's missing and we're giving it back to you so that your body can do what it needs to do. And, and you know, through catalase upregulation, that is how the hydroxyl radicals are mitigated. It's through catalase upregulation and, and hydrogen can regulate that. NRF2 pathway, uh, also it travels up and down the NRF2 pathway. So, there are many wonderful things. I, I fall in love with hydrogen more every day. It, it's a beautiful thing. We learn more and more and more studies on the importance and the critical aspect of hydrogen in the body.
Yeah, no, it's so cool. So I, you know, I, one of the things I'm a, I'm a nerd in a lot of ways, but one of the main ones I am is in the, you know, I'll get people asking, Hey, I got MTHFR. What does that mean? And, and ultimately I'll say, Hey, listen, there's 23 other thousand enzymes in the body that can, you know, be altered. Um, but ultimately one of the ways that MTHFR, um, it can slow down the production of energy is it doesn't quench those free radicals. And like you mentioned, um, it can, you know, decrease the glutathione on um, production with their SNPs around that. There's a lot of polymorphic SNPs around catalase. Um, I see that a lot in my patient base um, and SOD SNPs. Um, and then nitric oxide synthase and, and the signaling of that. And then a lot of the times they say, well, I took methylfolate and, and there's, there's pathways that show that if you already have high nitric oxide from infections um, and you take methylfolate, um, whether you have a SNP or not, it's going to increase nitric oxide and nitric oxide binds to cobalamin, making it oxidized and you can't recycle methionine synthase. And the bottom line is you have this upregulation of the NOO cycle and you have lack of oxidation or uh, too much free radicals and cells aren't breathing properly. And that's where, hey, I, you know, I'm on 25 different supplements, which one's which? that, you know, oxygen and hydrogen and water simplifies that process. You know, it makes it so easy. Oh yeah. It, you know, it's funny because once people really understand what hydrogen is doing, when you talk to people like Kelly Halderman, for instance, which uh, ever since we all met up there, it's been every two or three days we're communicating because I sent her like about a hundred studies to review and she's like freaking out on all the stuff she's learning. Cause she's like, Holy cow, Paul, this can replace most every supplement people are purchasing because hydrogen regulates. She goes, which makes sense because we are supposed to produce hydrogen in the gut, just like you were saying in your lecture. And the body should be mitigating all this on its own. And the only reason that we end up with expensive, expensive supplement budgets every month is because we don't have hydrogen. So instead of spending a ton of money, let's just spend money once, get hydrogen, restore our body's ability and, and, and be able to heal on our own and have be self-reliant. Yeah, totally. And well, I got a, an interview coming up with her shortly too. I was talking to her and I told her we can become nerds together and talk about all this genetic stuff. So, um, but so you saw, okay. So um, as far as you have some free resources, so we mentioned about a, a free ebook, the benefits of um, echo rich hydrogen water. So what I'll do is I will post a link to that, um, um, to that uh, resource so that they can understand that about that. And then you and I, I also talked about posting a link to um, learn more about the units. Um, but talk to me about, because a lot, one of the things that we've talked about is the, the unit. And I know you also produce for those on the go and traveling. Um, and it's the new rave that you see out there yeah. is the hydrogen capsules or the hydrogen yeah. liquids. Um, so are those good? I mean, tell yeah. us. Yeah. So from a hydrogen perspective, the water from the machine, the water from the tablets, the water from the drops, it's the same amount of hydrogen. So from a hydrogen perspective, they're all going to help you. Now, obviously, tablets are the most expensive. Then the drops are next. And then the machine would be the least expensive. When you talk about the, the cost to make a glass of water. Right. The tablets are 30 